Good morning. <laughs> yeah, good, good to be uh, good to be back after a few days away this week. And uh, uh, thank you to everyone for their prayers for my wife, Kristen. She had surgery on Friday and is doing well. So thank you for that as well. Um, also want to thank the, the group of people who uh, uh, worked on the landscaping, taking the landscaping out along the wall underneath the mural this past week. Thank you. Uh, to that to that group and special thank you to Glenn Kenyon for for bringing <laughs> I see Eric pumping his fists because he was part of that group uh, This week we should have uh, McKay nursery coming in to start doing work of putting new plantings in over there So it will look a little rough for a few days here, but uh, uh, the, the end result is is on its way um, did want to give a reminder to those members of our lay ministry and congregational life commissions that we're going to meet after church today, and also just want to extend the invitation to anyone who's interested in staying after for um, some conversation uh, with that group. Um, at the end of August, we are planning a service project for Lowell Elementary. One of, I know at least my goal for the past year or so has been to develop our relationship with Lowell as our, one of our close by school partners. Um, and so we're going to be doing uh, a teacher appreciation project, and a small group of us might go up and do some weeding on their playground on August uh, 28th, Sunday. I think it's the 28th. It might be the 29th. Um, uh, but if you're interested in being part of that or just want to learn some more, feel free to stick around. We'll, I think we'll gather in the, in the library. Does that sound okay, Jen? Um, uh, after church. And stay tuned for more information about our service day project for... Lowell Elementary. I uh, also wanted to say that uh, everyone should be sure to uh, 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 wave and exchange peace with uh, Catherine and Aaron and DeAsia today. They are heading to Puerto Rico soon uh, for uh, the fall and into, into the winter, so uh, we won't see them around here for a while, but we wish you well and safe travels and and, uh, uh, and we'll I know we'll stay in touch in the meantime, so, so be sure to, to, to wish them well today because we'll, they're, they're uh, heading out soon. So. <laughs> then a couple of updates to our prayers. Um, uh, Lois Shai, a member here for a long time, passed away this week. She was part of the Saturday night group uh, that was so close-knit here for several years, um, and she passed away, and her service will be at Gunderson on Friday at 1 p.m. So please pray for the family of Lois Shai. And then uh, also uh, uh, Francisco, who plays in our uh, Global Musicians Band, we had prayed for his wife Hallie for a long time, but she passed away this past week as well. So please be praying for Francisco and their son and for all who knew and loved Hallie. Oh, and thank you, Wendy. Uh, Wendy has brought a card for Francisco and family um, that I believe is in the back in the narthex, and so if, if you could sign that before you depart today um, to let them know that we're thinking of them. Uh, are there any other announcements we should make today? There's announcements printed in your bulletin, so please read those over. I did see that, uh, that the water leak was found, and so that's in the process of being repaired. So please uh, you know, thank uh, 
thank Gary Cook and, and uh, Steve Dyer for all their work on that too. And um, we'll have hot water uh, soon. So thank you. If there are no other announcements, we'll begin our service with our prelude music. Please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, 
whose steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not followed your path, but have chosen our own way. Instead of putting others before ourselves, we long to take the best seats at the table. When met by those in need, we have too often passed by on the other side. Set us again on the path of life. Save us from ourselves and free us to love our neighbors. Amen. Hear the good news. God does not deal with us according to our sins, but delights in granting pardon and mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. You are free to love as God loves.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. God of abundance, you provide for our every need and shower us with lavish grace. Help us align our lives toward you and our neighbor with constant concern for others rather than ourselves. For you are all and in all. In the name of the one who sustains and keeps. Amen. Please be seated. The first reading is from the first chapter of Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I, the teacher, when king over Israel and Jerusalem, applied my mind to seek and to search out by wisdom and all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to human beings to be busy with. I saw all the deeds that are done under the sun and see all is vanity and a chasing after wind. I hated all my toil in which I had toiled under the sun seeing that I must leave it to those who come after me. And who knows whether they will be wise or foolish. Yet they will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned and gave my heart up to despair concerning all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes one who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave all to be enjoyed by another who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What do mortals get from all the toil and strain with which they toil under the sun? For all their days are full of pain, and their work is a vexation. Even at night their minds do not rest. This also is vanity. Word of God, word of life.
The second reading is from the third chapter of Colossians. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in acknowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free, but Christ is all and in all. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the twelfth chapter. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this, I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. 
But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. My dear siblings, God's grace is abundant and abiding. No cheap imitation can beat it, because it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. So on Friday, when I was on my way home from the hospital, uh, we needed some milk in the house. We had run completely out. And so I decided to swing into Quick Trip on Monona Drive before heading home. But when I got into the store, the line was longer than I had ever seen it. But I still needed some milk, so I grabbed a gallon and got into the line. Not exactly sure why the line was so long. It took me a bit to realize that every person in front of me was in line to get a lottery ticket. Maybe you know where this is going, but I had to pull up my phone and Google what was going on. Perhaps you heard that this week uh, there was a 1.2, uh, there was a 1.28 billion dollar jackpot for the Mega Millions lottery game, and that's why the line was so long on Friday when I was trying to get some milk. <laughs> As I continued to wait in line, I have to admit that I started to imagine. You know, what would it be like to have more money than I can even imagine? We all do this, right? I thought of the family members I might help, the trips I might take, the causes I could benefit, and you know, as you walk around Trinity's buildings, you start to wonder what you could do if you had some money to throw things, uh, throw some, some money to throw around. <laughs> I've still never bought a ticket, and I don't mean to shame anyone who has, uh, but who hasn't imagined what could be different if a ridiculous amount of money just fell into your lap by chance? What is the allure of money in this way? I think all of us, like the rich man in today's story, imagine that if we had ample goods stored up, we could finally relax, eat, drink, and be merry in security. Of course, several people who have won the lottery have reported that it ruined their lives, that it changed their closest relationships, that everyone started coming to them with their hardships, asking for money, that even a ridiculous amount of money is easier to fritter away than you might imagine. But we all assume that we would be the wise exception to that rule, right? As I looked around the gas station, it seemed that some people were generally having fun with the, with the game, with uh, the excitement, Others, at least to me, looked a little more desperate, like they could really use a change of luck, that they were placing their hopes on this long shot. I didn't know these people, so I I could be wrong about any one of them. But I wondered about all the hopes and dreams for a better life, for a more abundant life, waiting in line with me. I guess someone in Illinois won, and so the best we can do now is wish them well. In today's gospel text, 
Jesus warns against some of the dangers of placing too many of our hopes on wealth, on possessions, on money. Warns of the dangers of hoping that these things can save us, can protect us. It starts with a dispute between brothers. Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. That sounds all too familiar, doesn't it? Perhaps even from our own families. It happens all the time. The parent dies, and now siblings are haggling over furniture, savings accounts, the family home. This man in the crowd wants Jesus to play referee between him and his brother. But Jesus refuses. Instead, Jesus responds with a proverbial warning and elaborates with a parable. Take care, Jesus says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And then he tells a parable that we often call the parable of the rich fool. It's called this because the rich man keeps building bigger and bigger barns for his crops, for his goods. But then after he's built all these huge barns and stored up all of these goods, he dies suddenly without being able to do anything with that wealth. It reminds me of the opening lines of that uh, 90s song from Alanis Morissette, ironic, although I know there's some quibbling over whether or not that, about the definition of irony and whether or not these, the song fits it. But the opening lines go, an old man turned 98, he won the lottery and died the next day. It's kind of an updated version of the parable of the rich fool. There's that saying about possessions that you can't take them with you. It would be like being lucky enough to win $1.28 billion and dying the next day. God says to the rich man in the parable, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, where will they be? There's a way in which this parable is about placing one's hope and trust in the wrong things. It's about building our house on sand instead of on the rock of God's unchangeable love for us. There's a way in which all of life is kind of like a wager, a lottery. Uh, the French mathematician and philosopher Pascal in his uh, writings compared life to this. Uh, he wrote that he thought believing in God was a rational thing to do uh, because if all of life is a wager, if you wager that God uh, exists, the downside is pretty low. You might live a good life, hopefully you'd be drawn into community, uh, but the upside is great because uh, if you believe in God and there is this being that uh, rewards you, that takes you to heaven, all these things, that it's worth making that bet. Now, he wrote in the 17th century, and we can uh, argue over whether or not it's a good argument, but I think it's interesting to think of our life as a wager, that when we gather here on Sunday morning, we are making a bet of sorts that God is there, that God loves us, that God has a dream for this creation, and that that wager is worth making. You know, in our lives, we have people that we trust, people who are close to us, people who are reliable. 
And I think part of the reason we come and hear these stories over and over again is to help build our trust that God is going to make good on these promises, that God will make all things right in the end. That if our whole life is a wager, it's worth wagering that God will come through for us, that God's love will not abandon us, that more than possessions, more than anything else we might bet on, God is trustworthy. Here at Trinity, we've been a part of this program called the Oikos Accelerator, which is helping churches to think about how to be creative with the gifts they've been given to align money and mission for the good of others. It was started by uh, a pastor here in Madison, Mark Elsden, uh, who's the campus pastor at Prez House, the Presbyterian campus ministry. And uh, he's done a lot of work on thinking about how a lot of churches kind of enter the world with this scarcity mindset that we don't have enough to do the things that we want to do. That there's always, we always wish we had a little more money to fix the building, to help others. But he says, take a step back and really look at what you have. God has given you these amazing gifts. Here at Trinity, we have this, uh, this building. We have faithful, passionate members. We have a legacy, a history that supports us. And so he wrote a book called We're Not Broke to talk about how churches have way more than they think they do and could be using those gifts for the good of others. And he has written an interesting reflection on this parable of the rich fool called Open the Barn Doors because he points out that the, the rich man never thinks about opening the barn doors for others. He's very closed in on himself. In his prayer, he doesn't even pray to God. He's talking to himself about himself, about the things that he owns. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. He's talking to himself about what he can do with all of these riches. At no point does he step back to think, what does God want me to do with this? How could these goods benefit others? He doesn't think about opening the barn doors for others. And Mark Elsden uh, says that he makes two mistakes. Uh, Two things that make him foolish. One is that he forgets that everything we have is not ours in the end. It's only on loan from God. Everything we have, our life, our possessions, our time, is on loan from God. We only have it for a short time, and those things are meant to be used for God's purposes. And second of all, He doesn't think about uh, how this could be beneficial to other people. And so today, as we make our bet, as we make our wager that God's abundant grace is abiding, as we make our wager that it's worth building our house on rock rather than on sand, we're invited as a church and as people to think about how we can open the barn doors to share God's abundant blessing with others. Because everything we have is a gift from God. You'll often hear me say at the communion table that this is not our table. This is the Lord's table. And that goes for everything here at church and in your life. It's only ours for a short period of time. Let's make the most of it and open the barn doors for the sake of a world in need. Amen.
Trusting in God's extraordinary love, let us come near to the Holy One in prayer. O God, you are wholeness. Where there is division in your church, bring reconciliation and healing. Guide the work of theologians, Sunday school teachers, seminary professors, and all who provide instruction for the building up of your church. Merciful God, receive our prayer. O God, you are the source of all life. Where creation cries out in distress, bring relief and renewal. Bless farmers, ranchers, distributors, and all who provide our food. Nourish the land and all its inhabitants and help those suffering the effects of climate change and extreme weather. Merciful God, receive our prayer. O God, you are wisdom. Where nations and communities yearn for peace, bring justice. Strengthen those who toil for the welfare of others, especially military personnel, police, first responders, and activists, and for the healing of the nations. Merciful God, receive our prayer. O God, you are life. Where your people are overwhelmed with the busyness of life, bring encouragement. Accompany all who experience emotional, mental, or physical distress, especially Kristen, Sharon, Lois, Jackie, Mary, Leticia, Denia, and those we name now, aloud or silently. Renew us at your table of mercy. Merciful God, receive our prayer. O God, you are our treasure. Where scarcity and anxiety pervade your church, bring abundance and vitality. Guide the work of church councils and committees and give them clarity for the work of ministry in this place. Bless our efforts to beautify our church property and share it with the neighborhood through our mural landscaping project. Merciful God, receive our prayer. O God, you are resurrection. We give you thanks for all your saints. Inspire us by their examples of faithful living to set our minds on things above and to be rich in love toward you. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God, we come to you with all those who are grieving today. We pray for the families of Lois and Hallie, for the family of Bonnie First. Surround them with your care and comfort and use this community to be a supportive and uh, caring community for them. Merciful God. And God, we lift up prayers of blessing and Godspeed to Catherine, Aaron, and Asia as they travel to Puerto Rico. Ask that you would uh, bless them, uh, especially Asia as she begins school soon. Merciful God. Receive the prayers of your children, merciful God, and hold us forever in your steadfast love. Through Jesus Christ, our holy wisdom. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please take a moment to share a sign of peace with those around you. And peace be with you to those who are joining us online or by phone as well. Peace, Aaron.
Please stand as you are evil. Let us pray. God of abundance, you have set before us a plentiful harvest. As we feast on your goodness, strengthen us to labor in your field and equip us to bear fruit for the good of all. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, you have brought us this far along the way. In times of bitterness, you did not abandon us, but guided us into the path of love and light. In every age, you sent prophets to make known your loving will for all humanity. The cry of the poor has become your own cry. Our hunger and thirst for justice is your own desire. In the fullness of time, you sent your chosen servant to preach good news to the afflicted, to break bread with the outcast and despised, and to ransom those in bondage to prejudice and sin. We remember on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, it's my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup gave thanks and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his death and resurrection, we await the day when Jesus shall return to free all the earth from the bonds of slavery and death. Come, Lord Jesus, and let the church say, Amen. Amen. Send your Holy Spirit, our advocate, to fill the hearts of all who share this bread and cup with courage and wisdom to pursue love and justice in all the world. Come, Spirit of freedom, and let the church say, Amen. Amen. 
Join our prayers and praise with your prophets and martyrs of every age that rejoicing in the hope of the resurrection, we might live in the freedom and hope of your Son. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. To communion today, you'll go to the side aisle and come forward, or at the front there are these two side tables where you will pick up a cup, and you'll bring that cup with you to the railing where it will be filled with wine and where you will receive bread. If you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, those will also let these two side tables. Just grab them and bring them with you to the railing. After you've communed at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup uh, in the bowl by the center aisle. I want everyone present to know that you are welcome to commune with us because, as we like to say, this is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table. And the invitation comes from Christ. I also want to extend our table and our welcome to those who are joining us online and by phone. We are glad to be in communion with you today. Receive this invitation to communion. In Christ's presence, there is fullness of joy. Come to the banquet.
Please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Life-giving God, through this meal you have bandaged our wounds and fed us with your mercy. Now send us forth to live for others, both friend and stranger, that all may come to know your love. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. God of peace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, comfort you, and show you the path of life this day and always.
The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is to proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ, to live as God's servants in the world, and to be a caring and healing community. Go in peace. Love your neighbor. Thanks.